Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. They're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth or Report, with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Kick his ass, Steve Wake up! Wake up, America! Where there's no end in sight to this. This could go on for ages. You know, it has for the past uh, 70 years. Yeah. And so. it, it's rough, man. Like when you look all around it, you know, like what's going on. Like a lot of people don't aren't informed about like how much land has been taken from Palestinians. Like over the last like 30, 40, 50 years, like you said, maybe 70. I, what the they got there in 47 and then 48 was the war and then they had another but i think it was 67 when they like really established the the west bank as six, like that was after the six day war okay yeah, yeah yeah and i'm not saying that like and to me hamas is just like uh uh isis and they're uh agency funded agency grown and it's just another to me a globalist part of the globalist agenda to like push forward and this show what they could do and um take over stuff yeah, and I mean, we're not going to ever side with someone that's trying to wipe another group off the face of the earth. Uh, that's just abhorrent. But just looking at the conditions, like for Gaza alone, uh, I, what is it, two, two million, three million people in the most uh, densely populated uh, place on earth, 50% of them are actually children. So inevitably, there's going to be a lot of casualties. And yeah, we can condemn Hamas for hiding behind the civilian population at the same time. Uh, the Israelis are not exactly uh, as careful or soft-handed approach as they like to have the media paint out them to be. How they go, you know, we're warning people like, and you know how they talked about Al Jazeera, like blowing up Al Jazeera. Um, I thought like still that I think in war, it's not supposed, I mean, with the G Geneva Convention and all that stuff, like that's not supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that kind of and they say, well, but... that there's a Hamas people. But that's just like uh, the excuse to me. I keep telling people this, too. And I feel this way that terrorism is 
to the right hysteria as COVID is to the left hysteria. They both uh, use those and they hide behind them instead of actually, they go, oh, well, there's terrorists. Instead of actually explaining and like going through the hard, muddy waters of what's actually going on, they just want to use blanket statements to be like, well, this is what's happening. And then the same thing like what they do with COVID, you know, people go, oh, well, I know someone that died of COVID. Someone goes, well, I have family in Israel or, or I'm from Israel or like, you know, and it's not about that. Like if you're not really looking into what's been going on for a long time, when you're talking about like you say Hamas, but to me, yes, they have rockets. And yes, are they? Uh, but to me, they're agency funded. So that's a whole nother topic. But the Palestinian people have zero. Don't they have like a 60, 000, a 60K uh, army, no air force, no Navy, no tanks, no ballistic missiles, no nukes. No, you know what I'm saying? Like they have like limited ammunition. Like it's not like they don't even really have, they have a ragtag of. Uh, of people, just people that are just like, well, I don't want my home taken away because what's been happening is uh, since those, the, I think, I don't know if it was the Six Day War or if it was between the wars, you know, from uh, 48 and, and 67 when all the different conflicts broke out, but people were had lost homes and they're now being able to um, get them back through the courts with the, uh, uh, the people from Israel um, and people have been living there for 60, 70 years, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just crazy. <laughs> Like, I've even seen people, like, be, like, oh, like, seeing um, Palestinians get shot and being, like, well, they were throwing rocks. And I'm, like, you know what? I get it. But, like, yeah, of course a rock is gonna c can kill somebody, could fuck somebody up, right? But I don't think people are even, like, really digging into what the Palestinians have been going through for decades. Like, it's not even just, like, oh, a little disagreement about religions. And that's another thing. They always say it, Islam versus Jewish. There's a lot of Christian Palestinians. And the Christian Palestinians... 20% of the population. And, and they're persecuted as well. Like, if not yep. worse, because if you've seen some of, like, the... Not everybody, of course, but, like, a lot of the the uh, very heavily state-influenced um, uh, religious Israel people, they, they, they condemn Christians as well. Like Christians, like all of it. So I think people really need to look into that and see what's really going on before they make judgments on either side. But like I said, uh, and I think someone put it like the one of the fourth strongest military. I don't know if the Israel is the fourth strongest because I think I was looking it up and they might be like ninth or seventh, something like that. But still, compared to someone that doesn't even have like an army. Yeah. Um, and the bigger thing that's missed with like the current situation is the actual root cause of it. You know, they just say out of the blue in the media and a lot of people on social media too, you know, they'll say like Gaza started shooting rockets, uh, at Israel. And so Israel has a right to defend itself. Well, you're not really digging into the root cause of the situation and people, you know, either are willfully ignorant or are just, uh, haven't done their homework on the history of the situation, but Leading up to this, uh, they were banning uh, Muslims from going to the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is on the Temple Mount. And under like UN uh, uh, treaties and stuff like that, they're supposed to have equal access. Everyone's supposed to have access to their religious sites. And that's the third ho most holy site in Islam. And they've been banned from it because of ongoing security situation. But... Um, as well, at the same time, there's been a lot of uh, an increase in the number of evictions of Arab Palestinians from East Jerusalem neighborhoods around the Al-Aqsa Mosque. So it's, you know, a pretty dark situation indeed. Um, 
And I would I mention don't. that it's a CCP tactic of what they're doing. They're using the courts to take these people's homes instead of just like and and like what uh, Kill said in there. I've seen it. Um, yeah, it's not about religion. I was just mentioning about like there's Christianity as well because it's painted as it's a uh, the uh, Jewish faith first the uh, a Muslim faith, right? But there's a lot of different factors in it, and the real factor is that there it's an occupying force that's been in their country for a long time, and to me. Uh, any of us that don't know that much about it shouldn't be jumping into our opinion about it when we don't know. And especially when innocent people are getting killed. Like when you're seeing videos of kids jumping on trampolines with bombs dropping all around them. When you're seeing videos of, I mean, this is before even this. I used to watch, I've, I've studied this for a long time. I've always like, I had like a soft spot for Palestine because of what's going on. But I mean, obviously there's only so much we could do, but... I see that they get treated very poorly. Like the children, I've seen uh, Israeli soldiers throwing rocks at children when they're going on their way to school. There's many documents. And I'm not saying that there's not antagonists on both sides because there's always like bad people on both sides, you know, that like antagonize situations. But my point is one is occupying force and more of a bully and the other one is just fighting back. And for some reason... They like to use Hamas as to paint Palestine bad, which is, is uh, incorrect to me, is, is inexcusable. Hamas is just in Gaza. It doesn't, uh, they don't govern the West Bank and the other occupied territories. And and to be frank, it's fully an apartheid state if you really look at it, because Israel's occupying these uh, territories that were supposed to be guaranteed to the Palestinians, but not giving them, uh, you know, equal access to the the democratic process. So, you know, a two-tier system uh, is an apartheid state, and we're sponsoring it. Yeah, and that... Our tax... And I've been against that for a long time for just in general of like trying to, um, what's it called, send aid in general. I don't really agree with a lot of that too, especially when we have so many things we need to fix here, you know. Not that like we shouldn't help people, but we have a lot of infrastructure. We have a lot of things here personally that we need to fix before we go out and trying to um, heal the world's or such and such if you want to call it that but it's it's been tough like i know a lot of people been divided on this situation it's always been like a divide like that in this country of like either you're pro israel or you're pro uh palestine you know free palestine or 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 save israel like whatever one they want to throw us in that market but i think obviously first it should be uh team human like people are dying on both sides like that don't deserve to die that are just being casualties caught in the crosshairs of some bullshit really like to me hamas is just like a uh, uh, isis it was assembled by the uh, intelligent agencies maybe it got away from them but still like you created it and now you're now you're like oh look at this problem and then they just in- they say hamas instead of palestine but i'm like you don't talk about all the casualties and a lot of a lot of casualties and they're always heavier on the palestinian side because they don't have defense they don't have a budget for that kind of stuff. They don't have anything to protect them. I think the count is 140 to 10. I think that includes civilian and military, but still, I mean, it just goes to show it's kind of disproportionate, um, obviously, because that's how the power structure is over there. But it's, um, yeah, it's kind of sad to see how on social media, a lot of people are treating it like, uh, you know, red versus blue, supporting your team, uh, attitude to it and it's just where's the dialogue where's the you know searching out a solution hearing out each side's problems and trying to solve this like you know modern adult human beings but you know instead we're going back to more basic uh human instinct 
Yeah, and and it happens. I know that riles people up because, especially people are still on the 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 sides right now with all the COVID stuff, the election stuff still in the air. You know, so I think that's kind of why people gravitate towards that. But just in my opinion, I think that you should take a deeper dive into what's going on. And when I say, again, just like when I say the CCP and all that, I'm talking about the Israeli government. And I don't like the things they've established personally. And they've been very heavy on the COVID pass, uh, which they call the green pass, the same one in the EU. So like all those things are telling signs to me and how they're just willing to um, change the narrative with the media and make it look as they're the victim when they are not. And I I know people don't agree with that, and it's just how I feel. I don't feel that they're the victim. Maybe the the, the civilians, the Israeli civilians, are victim because they're t- stuck in the middle. I can totally see that. But I'm just saying Palestine has, like, they're getting their homes ripped away. There's so much poverty there. There's so much that they need help, and then they're painted as the enemy. And I just don't get it when I'm like, you're talking about 500K of like 500,000 soldiers versus 60,000 soldiers. Like there's no way that you can compare the two in my opinion. Yeah, it was interesting. I had an article uh, last week um, before all this started. Um, I didn't get to it in the last episode, but it was about, you know, how uh, live leak the, the um, kind of more uncensored uh, video platform that got a lot of combat footage. Uh, the website was taken down. And I find it curious that it was taken down immediately uh, leading up to this uh, escalation in tension and conflict. Exactly. And, and that's like just because they don't want to see the other side. Like it's the same thing with like what we went through with 9-11. Like I, I was watching uh, this Vice. Uh, Vice has a new series. I mean, they're they're biased, obviously, because the whole series is talking about the secret government. And they kind of like dance around talking about everybody. But. You know, in the end episode, they kind of make it, oh, it's Trump's fault and he was going to do this, but which is stupid, which I didn't like that angle of it. But I thought it was interesting that they were talking about 9-11 and, and I didn't get to clip it, but maybe I'll clip it for next week. Um, they talked about the truther movement a little bit and they kind of like uh, denounced it. So it's like they're trying to say that there is a secret government, but then they're trying to say like some of these other things are lies, like where they can try to pass the blame. And I think that's what Trump has been all along has been the fall guy, the guy that they can put all this on. And, and if we can get rid of that and that rhetoric, and now we have an enemy that we can aim the the barrels of guns at now, bam, we got it. And I think that the Capitol was the whole Capitol six, uh, January 6th thing was part of that was to, push this further narrative of like, look, that's the domestic terrorist. And it's the same thing. Um, what that The reason I bring that up is it's the same thing that happens to Palestinians is that they're painted into this picture as if they're like automatically with Hamas. And, and you can see it unfolding right here with what's going on with Trump people. And I would just suggest that you kind of correlate the two and see how these agencies try to uh, manipulate us and formulate our thoughts. Most definitely. And the media has uh, got, uh, you know, read red stuff all over their hands because they're, they're the ones perp, uh, perpetrating, you know, these, these big lies and trying to create the divine and conquer narrative instead of actually, you know, being new neutral arbiters of uh, current events. Uh, they always have their slant and they're, they're very quick to, uh, you know, project their agenda upon the consciousness of society as a whole. Yeah, they, they really do. And then like, it's tough because then it's, even when they do actually maybe put something factual out there, 
it's just so difficult for people to trust any of the news anymore, whether it's Fox or CNN. And that's their own fault, like you said. And so even if they do put out something that might be beneficial for us to know, we're not going to it's going to take us more to believe it. We're going to have to do a bunch of research, figure out for ourselves how factual it is because of all the negative shit they put out there. And I, I don't know if you've seen this. It's a kind of getting off topic, but um, Don Lemon is talking about he's stepping down from his show, but he's not leaving. He's not retiring. He said he's still going to be on CNN. And I've seen people put rumors up. I think it was uh, uh, the homie Moose. He was he posts a lot of good shit. Um, he posted something that that somebody says that I think like Cooper might be leaving. Anderson Cooper, like maybe so Don Lemon might be taking Cooper's spot and Cooper's retiring. I don't know it. Changing of the guard. I know that Fox uh, News has done some real shakeups, but the way they've shaken stuff up is that they've put people at all kinds of different um, times and stuff. And like uh, I think it's right before Tucker, they always every week they've had a new someone covers it for a week, someone different. And I think they're trying to do that to keep it fresh. And you could see like they have the great Gutfield show. They're trying to make it more internet-y, you know what I mean? Like more millennial friendly, and not maybe so Gen Z, but like millennial Gen Xer friendly. And you could tell they're they're to me that you, you got to be aware because that's where they're trying to sucker us back in. You know, they they want us to uh, have faith in them again, so we can be like, oh yeah, we're just like you. Look, we show internet clips just like you. You know, like kind of what they've tried to do, but now they're kind of making it a format where it seems like more what's going on because they they realize that podcast and uh, IG Live or or any web series or blogs they've been taking away for years from the news and that's why they've attacked all these independent journalists whether uh it be right or wrong like i don't know if you saw the smear piece that uh the intercept decided to put out on like uh jorge ventura and and, and the uh you know like drew henderson and and all those guys he i'll send it to you if you haven't and he even made a whole he made a whole little video and they called him the 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 riot squad and how they're far right and and they just go out there to like you know show the uh they edit their footage to make it seem as if, uh, you know, it's worse than it is and that only 94% of the riots were peaceful. You know what I was thinking? I was wondering why nobody said this joke yet, like, about the Capitol, uh, the January 6th. Like, how come they don't go, well, the, the Cap- maybe someone did already, but the Capitol 6 was, like, 94% peaceful. Like, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I think there probably was a meme or two out there. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the case, really. It's, like, a lot of people just got swept up with the crowd and went on a meme tour of the inside of the Capitol building. You know, you saw old ladies in there, old dudes, like the people that passed away too. Uh, I think a good portion of them died because of, uh, health conditions because they were kind of in their later years. Well, that's the crazy part. Cause CNN is still saying that people, the only person that got killed there was Ashley Babbitt. That's right. Which we don't know. Like, about that case, there's all kinds of theories going out there, but I'm not going to touch that. But everybody else, like you said, the uh, two or three, uh, not elderly, but, you know, in their higher 50s and maybe 60-ish had heart attacks. And then the police officer did not die there, and he was not bare-maced. All that was fabricated, right. and they're still pushing that fabrication, which is ironic that they keep talking about Donald Trump's a big lie when they're doing the same thing. And that's what's the annoying part. Well, I think Trump was using the the term the big lie in terms of the uh, election fortification, if you will, um, that went on last year. And I think they're trying to flip that term back around on him now because of, over the January 6th and the fact that he he supposedly incited these riots when he told them to go make their voices heard peacefully and patriotically, you know, because that's a call to violence. 
it, it, it's funny how the the weird things that nar- the media tries to spin to their narrative. It it always seems like a stretch for me anyway, but some people eat it up. <laughs> they do. Um, they especially it seems like if they're uh, stuck to one side or not. Like it, like I said, we got into this tribalism, and and I understand how we get into it because people are attacking people, and you got you feel like you got to group up and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's not so much of a discussions as much, you know, anymore. And I think that like I've still been trying to like I've been trolling a few lefties lefties to try to uh, get them on the show, like. But I want, like, I think that, like, I know that if I talk to them, like, I'm going to shoot it straight with them. I'm not going to be rude to them. I'm just going to tell them what I actually think and, and how that you should maybe not perceive a lot of the people like me and you that, like, if we're right, left, we're not. We're, we don't worry about anarchists. Like, really, I don't even really want a label. The only reason I say labels is because to help people understand, like, the definition of that. But for me, it's like they, they, they do the same thing, you know, like they say Trump inside of this and then they say the left inside of this. Like I, I thought it was interesting with the Candace Owens situation with uh, what's her name? Christy Teigen, right? Yeah, Christy Teigen. So like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Teigen is disgusting. She said some horrible shit online and and she's like, I don't know, like skeptic pedo stuff that she said, in my opinion, like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying like, but that's just some my really opinion. weird posts there on her Twitter. Yeah, like beyond weird. Um. But, like, what Candace Owen was doing is she got her canceled. But isn't that the thing we're against? So, like, I, I just don't understand why people want to feed into something that we're against. Because they don't see that, like, when it's to go against the other side, they have no problem with attacking them with that weapon. But then they don't want it used on them. I'm like, but you got to understand, we can't use it then. That's just how it has to be. It has to be hands-off. You have to find different ways. And that was just unfortunate to me. But that's... Like I said, I have my own beliefs on Candace too. I feel like she's a paid uh, agitator because she's always going against it. She's never looking at something with a uh, an open-minded lens, you know, and trying to analyze it. She's already going to what side, you know what I mean? Which I get it. She's probably has like aspirations to become a politician. But I'm I want different politicians now. I don't want that thing anymore. You know what I mean? I don't want that mindset. So I think that's why I don't focus on people like that. I try to get them out of there because I feel like they're clogging up our system of when we have to have like what we try to do on here as much as possible, have logical explanation, uh, logical conversations and explain how we really feel, you know, like what we think and why we think that way. But also with the open ear to be like, okay, you might be right on this. Let me hear how you feel on this situation and then I'll soak it up and we can go back and forth. Like me and you don't always agree on everything, you know what I mean? But we try to hash it out to where we can come to an understanding of why we think that way. Yeah, it's pretty rare, uh, few and far between uh, the times we kind of disagree. But when we do, I mean, it just shows like uh, we're willing to hear each other out and actually have the discussion and debate. And a lot of people on both sides refuse to do it. You know, it's kind of, uh, you know, counterintuitive to building some sort of a better future for everyone and and the next generation but we have to kind of break through those barriers and do it ourselves i mean here we are we're trying our best but uh you know a lot of attention is given to the loudest and most uh hostile voices really that's why i'm trying to be a little bit louder you know that's why like i do poke the bear and i do try to like because that's how you get attention and unfortunately these days i have to come at people and i do tell them like i don't just say random things like I tell them what I think. Like, when they parse stuff about Marx, I go, like, so you're into eugenics. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then when they say, like, oh, we're, and I go, I find it funny that you say you're anti-racist, but you say people of color, a Jim Crow term, like, all those kind of things. Like, 
to try to connect like look man you're trying to feel superior than like me i talk to everybody i can and i have talked to both sides throughout the years and like i said there is bridges to gap and i think that's what we're we are here for and there's other people just like us that when our job is to bridge these gaps and and to tell people like look man we know you feel this way and they feel this way. But if you really look at the situation, we have a lot more things that line up that we can uh, connect and build off that. Because we all know that you can't name one government in the existence of the world that has not caused violence. Like not one. And so we got to know that the people are the only ones that are going to try to have some kind of peace and unity. The government never will because they're not built that way. They're built to keep gaining more in power. So the people are supposed to be built to not let them get too much power. And when they do get too much power, they do things like they're uh, doing to the Palestinians and in another like or what uh, CCP is doing to the Uyghurs. And and what happens when we side where they're you're like now i see like a lot of these people that are on the far left that uh push the communism they're like saying like oh the u.s exaggerates about the uyghur situation you know what i'm saying and and then the right goes oh they're exaggerating about the palestinian situation so the, these real situations get um a blind eye because you don't want to really look it thoroughly because it doesn't favor your side and it has nothing to should have nothing to do with that because it should have to do with like what's right and what's wrong like obviously taking someone's land is wrong like we should be worrying about ourselves we're individuals we're uh not a group think we have to like just keep connecting and i think it's happening i've, I've had a lot of good conversations with people and that's dope like where people are understanding they know that we don't feel the same way but they know that okay i know you're coming from a good place and i can see they're coming from a good place so we connect and we keep building from there yep uh it's the only way to go like forward without going in deeper and deeper into the divide and conquer narrative, you know, that they're just trying to create conflict to draw attention away from uh, people who are actually pulling the strings on uh, positions of power. So to spin off of this a little bit, cause we kind of got a, a lot, which is good. I'm glad we got to get that out of the way. I wasn't sure when we could, but what about this whole, like, you know, which everybody's been talking about is uh, before this happened, but the Rand Paul grilling of Fauci, which is probably for show. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know what's going to actually happen about that. But now it's out there in the open that this gain of function research, like it's pretty mainstream now. It's not like it really is. (laughs) I'm glad it's good. It needs to be exposed to the biggest extent it can. And we have to remember the WHO can't be trusted to be an unbiased uh, international body on this because China has just so much influence in, in that, uh, you know, that part of international uh, grouping of, uh, you know, the medical uh, tyranny that they've been pushing forward with it. it they're not going to check themselves on it. That's for sure. So, I mean, everyone needs to be talking about it and discussing it and, the fact of the matter is I, I don't understand how Fauci can stay in a job this long. I really wish Trump had uh, fired him when he had a chance because we could actually get someone in that isn't actually responsible for the problem we're dealing with. I think that uh, there is a huge connection with it. And I think that even with Robert Redfield uh, bringing that to, to light earlier in the year and people that have been talking about this Wuhan lab, and it's really still on the table and it makes a lot of sense. It's logical that, People have been talking about this for a long time because they were worried about gain of function because of these reasons that they could um, really infect the people and it could mutate into something that could be worse. You know what I mean? 
And with those documents that we talked about last week from um, the CCP that were released about how they were, since 2015, they've been trying to use uh, bioweapons and, and viruses and stuff like that. I think that it's uh, we're focusing too much on just the Wuhan lab, and I think we need to look at Fort Diedrich and some of the stuff that we did here on uh, at home too because I think that plays a part in a lot of it. And I don't hold it past any of the elites because when I think of 9-11, like to me, creating a virus seems even less. You know what I mean? I, I don't see that they really care about um, people's lives. And I don't think that – I think they just did what they did. They let it out, and they let it be uh, – hysterical you they let people mass hysteria happen and take over the the um country and the world pretty much because they know that when it's unknown and people are in fear and then people are pumping this message over and over and over like you're going to kill people and that's what's happened it's infected people's brains and it's tougher for people that try to expose the government now because people are in fear and when you're in fear you, you don't use logic you know what i mean logic goes out the window because it's fight or flight you're trying to figure out how to survive and you don't always do the right things, you know, and not everybody's built for those pressure moments. Most definitely. And I think because of the very much uh, sedentary and commuter, uh, consumerist based uh, society we live in, it kind of makes it easier for them to get people to be afraid and ask for the protection of big brother government. You know, they willingly give up their Liberty for security and, uh, they probably won't get either as uh, you know, that saying goes. Oh, here we go. I'm going to play this little clip. It's an old clip. Um, it's uh, G Edward Griffin. And he's talking about like, you know, like cancer treatments and stuff. And I just think it's compatible to um, what, with what's going on right now with uh, G Edward Griffin to me is one of the like great, like he's the OG of all this truth or stuff. If you don't know who G Edward Griffin is, I suggest you go read. Um, what's it called? Yeah, man, I can't think of it. Uh, Jekyll Island, the creature of Jekyll Island, um, where he writes about the Federal Reserve and how the Federal Reserve was created. But G. Edward Griffin's been in this game for a long time, fighting communism. And I think uh, he's come to a lot of understanding of what's going on. Um, so this is him explaining, though, like how like the difference and splitting of the um, the mind, the, uh, not the mind, but um, the, the, the philosophies of um, when doc, you know what I mean, like in... Um, health studies and like healthcare and stuff, the different ideology split that happened back in the days. The takeover of the medical industry was accomplished by the takeover of the medical schools. Well, the people that we're talking about, Rockefeller and Carnegie in particular, came to the picture and said, we will put up money. They offered tremendous amounts of money to the schools that would agree to cooperate with them. The donors said to the schools, we're giving you all this money. Now, would it be too much to ask if we could put some of our people on your board of directors to see that our money is being spent wisely? Almost overnight, all of the major universities received large grants from these sources and also accepted one, two, or three of these people that I mentioned on their board of directors, and the schools literally were taken over by the financial interests that put up the money. Now what happened as a result of that is that the schools did receive uh, an infusion of money. They were able to build new buildings. They were able to add expensive equipment to their laboratories. They were able to hire top-notch teachers. But at the same time as doing that, 
They skewed the whole thing in the direction of pharmaceutical drugs. That was the efficiency in philanthropy. The doctors from that point forward in history would be taught pharmaceutical drugs. All of the great teaching institutions in America were captured by the pharmaceutical interests in this fashion. And it's amazing how little money it really took to do it. Yeah, and that's really what changed the whole medical industry and made it a huge business. And uh, there's two trains of thought. I can't remember what it's called, but there's uh, <clears throat> names of it. One is more leaning towards pharmaceutical medicine, that train of thought in medicine. And then there's a train of thought in medicine, more natural and immune. Sit like, you know what I mean? Figuring out the body and figuring out like natural remedies. of. But the pharmaceutical had dominated now because of this split, because these schools and stuff need money and they want like grants and they want money to for studies and it's just made such a mess and that's why like we're always stuck on big pharma but that's why go to a doctor and not one is everything is from big pharma the everything that they prescribe you is going to be a medication rarely will you see a doctor in the united states of america that's going to prescribe you um, a natural remedy or look look at it with a different eye they're going to look at it in that big pharma eye what they've been trained and taught to do and that is what we're going through we're going through a, a bio a biopharma state you know what i mean that is trying to have a total control and i think i was listening to Cor uh james corbett like i love corbett he's one of my favorites and uh he's he quality was, oh yeah man and he was talking about um the eisenhower uh you know the in, the famous industrial complex uh, you know, worrying about that. And he, and he says in it, and I kind of went back to the speech, and he does focus on the complex of the medical industry taking over as well. And there, and, and people falling victim to uh, making doctors and scientists like these, like, gods, as if, if they have all the knowing knowledge. And that's the problem, is that people are blindly following scientists and doctors without doing any research themselves. And they forget that the leading, the third leading cause of death is malpractice in the United States of America. And that doesn't mean just like a surgeon, you know, accidentally cuts the wrong vein. That's part of it, but that's bad, you know, prescribing the wrong things, um, getting them to the wrong specialists, you know what I mean? Not getting the, uh, just negligence where you're not really paying attention. You're just kind of getting them in and out as if they're a number so you can get, um, your check. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors also do that. I know a lot of people in the medical industry and there's offices that do a lot of illegal things. There's a lot of things that are, um, you know, the workers do that because their hands are tied because they don't have the, you know, the doctor doesn't give them the resources, but they want to keep their job. So they do things like, you know, changing the, uh, the temperature, you know, the, the, it's supposed to be this temperature for they'll, they'll just write it that it was, you know, there's charts that are missing. There's people are mixed up. There's too much going on because the doctors want numbers, you know, not all of them. I'm not saying that every doctor is like, there's, they know you should know how much your workload is. You can't have a hundred patients a day with one doctor and expect them to get quality care. Yeah, most definitely. And then when they're kind of getting kickbacks for writing these prescriptions for various pharmaceuticals, uh, most of the time, I feel like with all the side effects that go along with these, uh, I don't know if I will call them medicine, I'd call them drugs, if anything. Um, you know, they're probably perpetuating uh, more customers to come through the door, really, uh, because to treat the side effects, you know, 
take X medicine, you have these side effects, you're going to need this other medicine to treat those side effects. And I feel like this is very much telling argument for uh, the whole vaccine rollout and the push to kind of get it into as many arms as possible and even potentially make it mandatory. I, I came across a pretty interesting article this week um, from RT. Miriam Webster online dictionary expands the definition of anti-vaxxer to include those who opposed forced jabs. Merriam-Webster is again redefining language to fit a narrative, this time it framing its definition of anti-vaxxer to include not only people who oppose vaccination, but also those who are against inoculation mandates. The definition on Merriam-Webster's website says anti-vaxxer means a person who opposes vaccination laws or uh, vaccination. It's... Dark times, they're pushing it right now, but I think there's a lot of, uh, they're hitting a plateau in terms of and their I numbers. I think that we got to keep the, the argument that I think um, every truther, no matter what you believe, I think the one thing that we should stick together on is that we should be able to question things and we should be able to ask for transparency. Like the reason, that, like no one has been able to tell me how a um, genetic uh, spike protein is even made. You're saying, oh, we're super transparent. They've answered everything. Well, they never answered me that. How is a, gen a synthetic spiked protein made and how does it work? I need to, to see, I need not just charts, I need a video. Like, why wouldn't you, ha you know that we, that, like, have questions. You know that the, why, what questions people have, I'm sure they're scanning everything online. They're seeing what what's trending and what people are worried about. Why aren't you, instead of just telling people like, yeah, yeah, uh, this is your favorite celebrity, Dolly, Dolly Parton, or, you know what I mean, uh, your favorite politician or I'll give you a hamburger and fries or you want a beer or hey there's a lottery you know what I mean like that just seems like you're trying to trick us like that doesn't even seem um that you want to give us straight answers you're trying to like think that we're idiots and we'll be like all right I'll take the shiny coin like you know what I mean like yeah, I think even in one area they were offering a, a lottery. Yeah, for that's the Ohio. Um, <laughs> five people could win, and each would that's win right. five million dollars, and then have a separate drawing for students that they paid their college tuition. But then the next day, uh, the governor announced that he was also cutting all the uh, unemployment benefits. So, <laughs> interesting tactic, but um, I, you know, I, I think the heart, the the tighter the tyrants are you know trying to make their grip around society the more skeptics and critical thinkers slip through their yes. grips because i've had a lot more people like especially because like it's hard for them because people come at me at an approach that i'm a right winger so they say all these things that they think is going to trigger me and i'm like okay like and then they're like what like, yeah either that or, or like like right now they'd be like oh like they, they're surprised that like like what i say about palestine or you know what i mean like they're like what that's what you yeah because i have a different ideology like i like i said mine's a personal like sculpted ideology that's not like anybody else's i have some values that everybody carries because of course we don't want fucking uh um fucked up shit man i don't want people just getting killed like especially with the kids and shit especially with all this stuff that we're all talking about save the children and then tons like right now just just in the fast few days like almost like what 30 40 50 kids it's 47 uh, i think at last count it's just seven children from the uh that's Arab just side. that uh it needs to go that's over a third i think of the total casualties too for and the that's something Palestine. that should be out there more 
so that people can realize what's really going on. I know this was, uh, uh, I just want to talk about this. This was floating around. I thought it was funny, though. You know, uh, Doug Ford, wasn't he the, um, not, I forgot what it's called, but he's like the governor, right? Of, uh, uh, that would be the equivalent of what he is, right? Like a governor. He's in Canada. Uh, I don't know if it's where? Ottawa uh, or uh, Doug Ford. I, uh, I forget what they call their their uh, governors or whatever. I, I think, think it, it is, is governor. But uh, I I'm thought this sure. was funny. It was floating around where he says about like the uh, the health workers. You know, like the I mean the what are they called the the, insp- the head health. You know what I mean? The head health of health. Like, yeah, health. I'm going to be very frank. There's no politician in this country who's going to disagree with their chief medical officer. Uh, they just aren't going to do it. They might as well throw a rope around their neck and jump off a bridge. They're done. I'm telling you the facts. It's very simple. Medical chief, chief medical advisor. There we go. He said, like, to, that's crazy. So he's literally thrown out there like, we're not going to go against them. Whatever they say, we're going to go with. And then to know that, you know, Fauci was a part of this gain of function, right? And then his wife works for the NIH, too. And she's, uh, um, she's one of the people that stamps the approval for vaccines and stuff. So there's a lot really? tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put some more, some more stuff. I was digging through her. Some I seen some stuff on Instagram. I'm not surprised. I don't even need to look it up. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it, and then you know we already had said that last year too about uh, Fauci's daughter. You know she works on uh, Twitter with Twitter and she helps with the fact checking. So like you have everything yep. covered. And isn't it funny? Because remember I got fact checks. I don't know if you remember this. Late last year, sometime a couple fact checks on some videos that had nothing to do with the coronavirus whatsoever, and they said. Uh, fact check for the uh, false story about like uh, it, uh, you know, it evolving from a Wuhan lab. And I thought that was interesting. So I think they were like, they've been jumping the gun and trying to like, just, I think they're going to use him as a casualty though, if anything, like him and Bill Gates might be just a couple casualties where uh, the masses focus on that instead of, and you know, we go, Oh, we got them. And then they continue with their plan. We still got to focus. What's on the ball is that it's connecting people. And to me, the only way to win any of these wars, this ultimate war that people talk about against the elites and the globalists is by uniting people from all different backgrounds, whether religious culture, race, uh, ideology, anything. The only thing that matters is that we're the people and that we're not going to let tyrants continue to take us over and rule us as if we're some peasants. We have to like step up at some point. And I think it's going to come to that point when people are seeing, unfortunately, like, um, a lot of these deaths because now with cell phones, we're getting to see a lot more of the gruesome images. Like, yeah, we would see some pictures of journalists that would take, but now we like, you're just seeing people on TikTok, like, hey, look what's going on over here. Like, that's pretty crazy. You got full live streams on YouTube and stuff, like people on the ground yeah. actually covering it. The media, I came with know? this story. Um, this came off, like, just before we got on, I was at my brother's, and I saw this on um, Zero Hedge. AT&T in advanced talks to combine HBO, CNN, Discovery, and other media assets. AT&T is currently in advanced discussions to combine several media assets into a giant portfolio, which would include uh, CNN and Discovery, according to Wall Street Journal. Citing people familiar with the matter, the move would make a major shift in strategy for the uh, telecom giant. So I think that's going to be, to me, it's going to be they're coming out with their own. They're going to centralize the streaming services because Disney already bought Hulu. um, So... They're probably going to try to have these hubs, you know, where there's like, hey, this one has Netflix, that like has all the stuff you have. I think they're going to combine them all, centralize it like they want everything. You know how they like to lump everything together.
I mean, it's easier to run a monopoly than a series of separate corporations. But it's interesting because that's a lot of cable news networks or at least familiar names I remember growing up with. Um, and it it seems almost like they might be struggling um, a little bit competing with uh, independent creators. Uh, I feel like this is almost a, a giant liquidation scheme to kind of streamline their business uh, practices a little bit more to... Uh, make up for some some losses that they've been feeling oh yeah you know they lost their golden goose trump man that was the only thing that gave them ratings like just like going off on him they've literally been in the shitter at msnbc now that they're trying to hold on by like trying to rally uh um about the audit and they're not really being fair about the audit like because i've i've seen people that are very impartial talk about the audit People that are not right or left, they're like ex-lefties that are, you know what I mean? Like, so they're like really analyzed and they've said that it, I don't know, there's a regularity. It seems weird, but like, <laughs> yes, yes. And I mean, I can't say anything. I haven't seen it. Like, who knows what is what? Because then you start saying stuff. I, we don't try to make a lot of predictions here. I'm just saying that it's very interesting and I would like to see how it unfolds. And now... That has must something must have been discovered enough to like open up in Wisconsin and Michigan. So something, and you said Pennsylvania. Now that's pretty. That's interesting to me. I think that one's a secret one too. But the thing you have to keep in mind is, uh, thirty of the fifty uh, state legislatures are controlled by the conservatives. So. They have the ability to look into it. I would encourage them all to do so. And blue states, too. I would be curious to see what California could turn up uh, if the political will is there. There was a lot of momentum for Trump. I didn't see much love for Biden out here, but I mean, I mean, I'm in kind of a rural area, so it's a little different. But still, I mean, across California, we were seeing Trump rallies and stuff uh, spring up all all last year. I remember the media condemning it as super spreader events and. They were kind of tied to freedom marches and stuff. And shout out to everyone yesterday oh. that went out worldwide for the the freedom rallies. Man, hold it down for Canada. Cool to man. See, Canada um, really represented, man. Yeah, Toronto. They really. Toronto. I was like, dang, man. I saw a lot of the truthers out there too. Like, shouts out to them, man. That was like dope. Like, and to me, that was. I don't care. I hate when they go like, "Well, it's only like this many people," or like, I'm like, man. Yeah, and I'm. That was a lot of people. The they don't want people <laughs> to know how how much. Yeah, they don't want people to know how much support and momentum is behind uh, all these quote-unquote conspiracy theorists and right-wing nutjobs or whatever, you know, brand of label they want to put on uh, anyone that goes against the narrative of the day. And I would suggest, because I saw it uh, trending again on Twitter today, COVID-idiots, where they're talking, because every time there's like, you know, these super spreader events that they call them, um, they have that covid trending. And I've told a couple, and everybody needs to use this, I think. Tell them, okay, yeah, so should we just obey our rulers? Because we see what happens when you don't obey our rulers. Look at Palestine. When you don't obey your rulers, that's what happens. And then those people are like, because they're all usually left people that are like, they don't know they're what They're supporting saying, so. Palestine probably at the <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, so they're all <laughs> fucked up. Like, well, it's different. No, it's not. It's not. It's just that we haven't got that far yet. Like, we haven't got to where we're getting beat. It, it progresses. They don't just go to there. And I think people need to take that well, in look mind. look at how much the term terrorist gets thrown around in the media this uh, this day and age, uh, just talking about the other side. Even if for people that weren't there uh, at the Capitol on January 6th, you know, they're basically saying anyone that's MAGA or kind of populist right is a threat, a ma massive threat to the country and should be considered as worse 
than uh, actual terrorists. Which is so idiotic, man. When people try to tell <laughs> me that shit, and that's what people get mad, and that's when they think I'm right wing because I'm like, that's stupid. Like to think that you're dumb. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's like you should get to know some of these people. They're pretty chill, honestly. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I was like, yeah, there's a lot of people I disagree with on the right, and they're cool as fuck. Like we chill all the time. Like we drink. Like you know, we have good times. Doesn't mean we exactly. have to, but like they're a little bit more tolerant. A lot of times, I found it used to be the left was like that. They're not anymore. You know, they're really intolerant of not agreeing with them at all and the rights kind of it's easier to get along with them because they're just like oh well all right well i don't agree with you but you want a beer and you're like all right <laughs> like you know you're just don't talk about Hell it yeah brother <laughs> you know what i mean like and, and we agree like in some situations we're like you know what let's just not talk about that shit let's talk about sports music something else and we'll just but i don't know if people are afraid to have the conversations i don't get it because they're attacking a certain side and i'm even giving them a bridge by trying to talk to me where i'm gonna be probably sympathetic to some of their situations because i have my own beliefs but they they even refuse to talk to people like me they would i mean i don't know like i would i'm not gonna go at everybody on the left because sometimes i know that when you message people you may not see it you know they have filters you know i i don't know them they don't know me so they may never even see that that message for for forever right I'm just saying I haven't had anybody try to approach me. And when I've asked, when I have challenged them and had spoken to them, they always say no, the ones I have. So I will continue to try to get uh, a lefty to, to debate me. I want them to debate me on everything, on everything that's going on uh, in the current I'm going to try and find one that Yeah, world. please, please do. Like the more extreme, the better. <laughs> oh boy. The farther uh, left, the better. I, I mean, I probably, I know a few actually from high school. It's, it's, it's funny keeping up with people's social media, you know, um, and it's cool too, in a way. Like I've seen a lot of people come out that are very much critical thinkers and questioning the, you know, masking your kids and vaccine mandates. And it, it's kind of a a nice, uh, and you know, uh, morale boosting moment to kind of see more and more people are kind of waking up to at least the discussion of it, even if maybe they're just questioning the actual topic itself. I'll tell you this, what's a good sign? It was, And I think that we've been, our predictions, when we do get predictions, I think they've been pretty good because I've been telling people that by summer, it's going to be open up and it's looking like it's going to open up. And I think once it's open up, no one's going to care because just this weekend, it was like 70 degrees out here in Michigan. And I went to my brother's um, yesterday and today, and there's a pool, a public pool uh, that I passed by and it's packed. Nobody has masks on, nothing. People are walking around with without masks. You see a few people, and then some people in stores are still wearing them. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to fade shortly. The next thing we're going to be talking, I'm telling you, out of nowhere, we're going to be like, how are we on climate change? Like that's what We're going to just be talking about climate change, and we're going to forget about COVID whatsoever. Oh, well, it's already kind of happening, and it uh, was weird timing, too, uh, with Elon Musk kind of talking about how uh, they're not going to accept Bitcoin anymore for the purchases of their products uh, through Tesla, even though they're massive holders. It, it was uh, – and the justification, of course, was because it has uh, environmental impacts, you know – Bitcoin yeah, and he and said because of, of like the uh, electric grid, right? He didn't answer my tweet because I asked him. I said, "Well, okay, you're worried about the environment. How are your um, uh, charging stations powered? Oh, they're powered by the electric grid too." <laughs> Precisely, and then not to even mention like where you source your uh, precious metals for the batteries and stuff. Yeah, not even talk about lithium from uh, mines in the Congo that use uh, child labor. You know, that's a 
fact that gets missed upon in the media. And it's super bad for the environment. That like how much like equipment that they have out there too, like mining it. It's it's very destructive. That's why I always think it's ironic that people think that that's the answer. I truly think the answer is a mix of things. I think that you combine like you know water energy, wind energy with nuclear energy and f- a fossil fuel, and you use don't. Pick, put all your eggs in one basket. Why do we always do that? We sh- we don't want we want everything centralized. I want everything decentralized, and I'm trying to do that too. That's why I'm still like, I have like the website, and then I've been trying to think of my ideas. I want to be more decentralized because I feel like if I just stay on IG or like then I'm playing part of the game too. You know, like not saying I'm gonna get rid of my IG, but I mean I want to have I have like you know the YouTube and I have like an Odyssey and a, but I don't really it's hard to keep them all active. But I think I want to find like like a website. I'm just trying to figure out how I want the format. But I think we do have to decentralize things so that they can't just shut it, press a button and shut us, shut us all up. You know what I mean? We need to be where everybody can go everywhere else. We've got all got comfortable. I have a lot of people just dealing with music the whole time where they're like, oh, is it on YouTube? Is it on Apple? Is it on this? And you're like, nah, man, but you can find it. Like, it's not like you can't find it. It's not like you have to, you're going to have to spend three fucking hours looking for my, you just put in my name and my, my name and the name of the song in Google. Like, it's really easy. And and I think that people need to start. We need to stop uh, latching on to whatever streaming service that is popular to us, or that we utilize, or social media, which a lot of people are trying to do. A lot of people are trying to continue to. Um, I've seen a lot of people start their own websites, go to Rumble, go to BitChute, and that's good. Um, so we could save people, like James Corbett, man. They when they nuked him, and they're those are voices that are very important because those are people. Crowder this week. For his second strike, uh, and just goes to show your argument has uh, got a lot of merit to it because where would he be without his own uh, website uh, and his mug club and all that? If he was just on YouTube, he'd be completely axed. Yeah, and, and, and it's not just about like um, telling the truth or anything because it's going to be for everything. Like we're going to oh, be yeah. censored of like how we speak. Like, hey, what was your intent of that? I don't know. Uh, my other podcast, I talked a little bit about that Tony Hinchcliffe, you know, the comedian Tony Hinchcliffe. He had an incident right. where he uh, said a, a racial slur, an Asian racial slur, and the guy, instead of approaching him, um, he put it out on Twitter, and he just put the clip of it, and I watched the, both sets, and I mean, it is what it is, like, obviously, like, um, it offended people, and I don't think Tony knew how offensive maybe that word was, like, maybe he thought it wasn't as offensive to people as... And he just was shooting off the hip, and I think that's the stuff we're going to have to look forward to, is people getting... Which has already been happening, but to a larger degree, where where we're going to be critical of music. Because I've been watching a lot of stuff, uh, old movies that I think that haven't even got picked apart yet. So as people go through old movies, and now they have this mind frame of, hey, that's sex, that's sexist, or that's uh, against the trans community. Oh, that's against this. Uh, that's the, there's going to be so many of those labels, and I think that's what we're going to have. We're going to have more pirate radio, where people are going to play whatever the fuck they want, where people are going to cuss and say vulgar shit, and they're going to be more active on that because they're going to try to make us go underground and they don't want that. Like, uh, it's filthy to them. They don't like the filth of the, of the people's humor and the, and the way we use our words. That's always been under attack, but, uh, we're going to continue pushing that forward because that's why I started my podcast over the influence. And our motto over there is we do whatever we want, whenever we want, because that's how I think we got to do it. Like, you know, so if you, do art, you do uh, graphic design, do you do music, do you do um, 
movies? Do you have any writing, anything? I think that we all need to get into that field. All of our truthers, if if you have talents, like whether it be dancing, like I said, writing, rapping, singing, whatever it may be, use those and let's make our own industries. Let's not depend on Hollywood. Let's not depend on music. We have the outlets now. Let's uh, decentralize everything where people can have their own ideas and try not to let it be an echo chamber, but that, you know, that happens sometimes, but just make your own we don't need if we want to influence the youth we have to do it we can't expect uh these artists to change they're they're run by the system we need people that are outside of the system that's why podcasting is great that's why underground music is great that's why you know people have made uh series on youtube or odyssey or any of these streaming platforms or they just record like if you have an iphone you have a 4k camera you can record a little your own series and or you can record it make a documentary there's so much you could do and i think that there's a lot of talented people that are questioning their talents. And I think don't question your talent. Use it. You can use it for good. Like, you know, you can make memes or you can make, uh, uh, you know, make your own meme page and make those memes infor informed or make your music a little bit more informal for people or same thing with movies, a TV show. I think we got the platforms and more people should use it because there's a lot of talented people that I see that could uh, do a little bit. Not that they're not doing enough. I'm just saying that the, their art would benefit the world a little bit more. You know what I mean? Most definitely all about the decentralization away from uh, the big tech oligarchs and even like big uh, Hollywood industries, big record labels, uh, the the technology and the, the capacity is there for us to, you know, get away from them and kind of, you know, not give them the time of day, the advertising space and, you know, the clicks that they, you know, depend on to make money. We can kind of you know uh starve them of that attention and that traffic to send a message that censorship is not okay and that you know they're gonna need to have a more uh open-minded approach if they want people who uh have contradicting opinions to actually be on their platforms and i started thinking about something too remember when they snuck into the corona virus care package or hero package i'm not sure which one it was but they snuck in that like uh it's a felony to stream yeah um copyrighted I material i started that. thinking about that i wonder if they're trying to use that like i know it's like supposed to be uh public access like you know for news articles and and like what we do we use clips of the news now i'm wondering if they're going to consider that at some point a violation you know what i mean like hey this guy used my clip that's cnn copyrighted don't give him any ideas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I. I mean, I know it's protected right now. I'm just saying, you know, things change, man. With the blinking of an eye, a lot of, a lot of stuff has changed. Um, I know that we talk about great reset on here every now and then, and um, with the pipeline hacking, I have a little clip of where they're talking about, you know, some cyber attacks, and I think we. It's always good to remember that our good friend Klaus Schwab was uh threatening, not threatening, maybe, but it sounded like a threat to me about cyber attack and how it would be more catastrophic than uh, a COVID, the, what, what COVID did. And I think that's like in the pipeline for sure. For years, Homeland Security has warned that critical U.S. infrastructure is under constant foreign surveillance and threat of ransomware or cyber attack, including power and water systems, banks, hospitals, state and local governments, rail, aviation, ports, and nuclear plants. 
Already this year, ransomware losses have exceeded $350 million, a 300% increase over last year. There's no company too small to suffer a ransomware attack. We are seeing increasingly small and medium-sized businesses suffer a ransomware attack. Cyber experts say overseas criminal gangs, China and Russia, pose the biggest threats. Today, the Kremlin denied any connection to the colonial hack and suggested the U.S. and Russia should cooperate in fighting cybercrime. But the FBI has warned for years that Russian spy agencies have already penetrated the U.S. electric grid. The challenge for U.S. utilities safeguarding against an attack which the FBI says Russia has been preparing for for years. Russia is widely suspected of shutting off power to 230,000 people in Ukraine in 2015. Meanwhile, President Biden's choice to run Homeland Security cybersecurity is still awaiting Senate confirmation, as the White House urges any potential infrastructure target to harden their cyber defenses and coordinate with Homeland Security. Is it simply too costly for us to always be one step ahead of the hackers? It costs money to have a robust cybersecurity posture, but it costs even more money when you're recovering from a devastating breach that you weren't necessarily prepared for. The good news, the country's electric grid is made up of many smaller grids, making a single successful attack less likely. That's why decentralized shit is good. You know what I mean? Uh, always always i find it funny that they're bringing it up now though all of a sudden like i know because of the pipeline but you're telling me you guys didn't think of this like you guys been what have you been doing yeah i mean this has been an ongoing threat for probably honestly since the internet age even started um and just it's so hilarious how quick they are to use the russia um threat narrative that they push forward all the time when it comes to these things but how easy is it to ha- fake a cyber attack or a false flag? And just highlights to what you were saying earlier, uh, Klaus Schwab making his threats. I don't think he was making a threat. I think it was a promise. Uh, yeah, I think like he was in his foreshadowing way of like, yeah, this is going to happen, man. And this is what will make you listen to what we say. Like, like it's almost like a threat. That's why I take it as a threat. And, I don't know, man, because obviously we have the Homeland Security, all these people that are supposedly have task force for cyber attacks and stuff that I'm like, well, then should we why should we worry? Are you saying that we're not good enough? Like, I don't get it. Like, and then they're, and then they I was probably like, need an well, increase in funding. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was interesting what he said. If you notice towards the end and they were saying like, well, it costs a lot of money. Well, does it or do you or is this part privately uh, farmed out because there's a lot of like farming out of agencies and that stuff too, where people hike, uh, hike up the price and the government will pay like cover the government pays, whatever they don't care. Like they don't look for the best price because it's not their money. So they're just like, ah, that's cool, man. Well, you say a couple billion, a hundred billion, whatever, man, don't matter. Same thing what they did with $500 for a hammer. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, yeah, a real, they've that's done it. yeah, it's actually been done and it's still going on. The wasted money, that's what's so crazy to me that some of these Republicans call themselves conservatives, and, and I'm talking about the politicians, uh, when they vote for things, when you're like, dude, you're going to spend that much money on building something, and when you know you, you should be conservative with the money, that's the in the name. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I missed a lot of that. It kind of broke up, but I kind of got the gist of it. Um there, it's either that they're woefully out of touch with the the scheme of things in the technological world, or I mean, that's just kind of a point of 
maybe controlled opposition. Uh, there's a lot of money to be gained uh, from this industry, obviously, because that's always a constant threat, the invisible enemy on another front, if you will, as you know, the term they used for COVID earlier last year. But um, there was one point they highlighted where the cost of the damage from not preventing cyber attacks is even higher. And I mean, you kind of saw it. It almost seemed like it was a, a bigger push to uh, move forward the environmentalist agenda of global warming this and gasoline is bad and let's move to electric cars. I, I mean, plenty of people I talked to were like, oh, I might think about buying a Tesla now. I'm like, wow. I mean, that just goes to show it's like there's a lot more to it than just uh, malware and, um, you know, trying to get ransomware uh, payments out of uh, one company just for hacking in their system. And I don't know if you saw that, too. They asked a reporter asked Biden if they paid the ransomware and he said no comment. So that was kind of well, the co I think the company did, but he won't comment or was on it. The government? No, no, no. I think the company did, but like the government's not commenting on it. I just thought that was weird. Like why? The, and, and then well, it goes it goes against the uh, longstanding practice of not uh, paying ransoms to, you know, criminals or terrorists or whatever. Yeah, so. they'll be putting their foot in their mouth. But also, I thought it was interesting because the pipeline getting hacked, and um, from what I was reading, the way their system is, you can only hack it from the inside. So that was kind of weird, too. Like, I, I don't know the logistics. I'm not some uh, – uh, I, I would have to be reading the actual article, but I would go look that up because the way they were talking about their system um, – I think it was like a singular system. I forgot what it was called, the terminology they used, but that you could only you can do closed systems. <laughs> yeah, I have a funny story for you, though, that you might like for the UK. I mean, I know we always say like some bummer stories, but this was a good one. Uh, they said that everyone in the UK needs to drink 124 pints over summer to save pubs. <laughs> I, did see, I did see that one. Go on, lads. Do your duty. <laughs> I, I think I think this is a, a goal definitely that could be accomplished. And I think I want to up it and let's go like 248 or something. You know what I mean? Let's let's go over the mark, you know, over and above. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see the whole article. So what, was it tied to anything like vaccination scheme or like? No, uh, it was just uh, it was uh, um, just to help them financially recover. Yeah, and it's RT. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the Russian uh the RT Russia got, today. Yeah, Russia Today. So they, it was just like a one. I think they were trying to like have some kind of light story with everything that's like kind of been fucked up. They try to like get like uh, – not that they're not biased either, but I think sometimes they try to throw out there like, yeah, you know, it's cool. Like it, what's interesting too is I was watching some battle raps. I was trying to like um, get into some shit, and I was watching this uh, – battle rap from this guy disaster who's from la he's a pretty big uh battle rapper and then this other guy i personally just never heard of him i think his name's oxymoron or oxy something he's from russia he's like got tons of views right well they're battling and this is like three years ago this is like a three-year-old like battle but it was just crazy because in battles like you kind of just go at people like they're not just how they look and their appearance but you know people use like a lot of race stereotypes or country in this case because you know u.s russia so they use that stuff and it was crazy because that guy oxy like the stuff that he said back to disaster was like talk about the war on terror the war on drugs all the stuff and you're like damn man like 
fuck like how do you if someone comes out it just made me think like when people come at me like that that's when i just tell them like look man this, that's why the same thing i try to say is like, i'm talking about the ccp and, and the israeli government because yeah our government's fucked up too so i wouldn't i don't want people to be like you know what i mean but america's dope just like i'm sure russia too the same thing within israel or in palestine the people is what matter, but I think these governments uh, make us look bad, man. And it was just like, it was just funny to me. I know it's like off topic, but it just made me laugh because I was like, damn, man. I was like, what would you say back to that? Like, you know, what can you say? <laughs> I mean, maybe go into the Bolshevik revolution, but you got to be quite a historian and a battle rapper at the same time. It's a, it's a tough gig. And then plus you're still like, hey, this is happening right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? exactly yeah i mean it's it's tough uh i wouldn't be i wouldn't envy that man's situation no, i man. mean if there was a comeback i'm sure it was pretty pretty difficult to muster yeah and the point of that to me was that like that's the perspective of people have of us you know what i mean because of what our government has done and for us to look blind, uh, you know, close, look a blind eye to it, because what happened in Iraq should never have happened in Iraq. We should never have been there. And to not go after the Saudis, even all that, that the connection with them, that was another um, intentional mistake, wh whatever you call it. But I think that that shows that, like, of course, they still love, obviously, American culture, because, like, obviously, he wouldn't be rapping without uh, adoring American culture. You know, if it was created here. Like, we have some of the great culture here, but... I think that our imperialism is very, very well, uh, well known throughout the world. Like that's what we're known for. We're known for invading people. And I don't like that. And I've never liked that. And I think that's why, like when people think I'm anti-government and uh, uh, like an uh, anarchist and it's because I don't like the op occupying forces. I feel like the military is just for your protection and defense. I don't think you should be occupying countries. I don't think you should be making, you know, trying to give people diplomacy and all this bullshit that they, the, this jargon they like to use to uh, sell them freedom nah man let people live like obviously help what you can and you could give aid to people you know what i mean if if possible but we have to fix ourselves and we're always uh we're looking weak because last night um china released a statement and their statement was pretty much taking shots at us telling us that we're weak i don't know if you read that they uh in their, no i didn't see that i think it's the china global times or something like that yeah and um yeah uh they set out and that 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 like because of the, uh, they're having drills over there in the South uh, Chinese seas, you know, Australia, France, Japan, and U.S. And they said that they'll wipe U.S. out, man. They're like, we got, like, they pretty much, they, they went at it. Like, they're, they're not backing down. So I'll send you the article. It's pretty interesting. They, I, did, I was going to post it, but I was like, man, I, I try not to post too much. I try to, I've been trying to be more, like, funny with it now because, you know, there's a lot of shitty news. I don't want people to be depressed and shit. There's still good shit out there. There's been a good amount of good news, too, this yeah. week at least, but. I think Liz Cheney uh, getting kicked out of her position was a good one. Um, you know, we can't have Cheney still running around in, in the halls of power. I mean, just look at, like we were discussing earlier, the war in Iraq was a complete disaster and was totally unjustified. And we have no business, uh, you know, deciding who rules other, you know, sovereign states. That's That shouldn't be our, we shouldn't be the police of the world. We should be focused on our own uh, affairs at home. And that's a key tenet that Washington, uh, one of our founding fathers, uh, said, you know, the, the United States needs to be focused on its own affairs, not on uh, affairs overseas.
which is true because we have our own shit to fix. There's a homeless problem. There's infrastructure problem. There's a, a divide in the country. Like, you know what I mean? There's so many splits. And instead we go and we fund, like, look how much money we gave to Israel. Like when they were breaking, what was it? Like 38 billion, something like that. And to keep seeing stuff like that happen. Yeah. It's just over and over and over. It's, it, it's unfair. Um, but I mean, that's the way it goes. The, you know, lobbyists have a lot of sway with uh, politicians these days, and they're not so much public servants anymore. They're just kind of uh, bureaucrats and functionals that serve the interests of whoever is really lining their pockets the most recently in the most effective way. Yeah, and 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 the vaccine um, push is going heavy too. Um, I think I got a clip right here. Yeah, well, it'd what be just better light if people would get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> There's still so many people that are either yeah. scared or just think, yeah. no, I'm not doing it. All I can say is that I, I have tried to live a life where I don't lie to people. <laughs> and the science behind a vaccine is the same science that's behind aspirin and insulin. What are the COVID rules for visiting the Obamas? Uh, now it's be vaccinated. Be vac- yeah. uh, that, that's, you want, you want to hang out with us? get your vaccine, get get all of it, finish it up, and then we can talk. So I urge everybody out there uh, within the sound of our voices, please, please get the vaccine. Um, it's time. Yeah, they're trying to like, and that's the divide I'm talking about because that's where it's splitting it up where they're saying like pretty much don't be around us unless you have the vaccine, which is putting that split even further of where people are like, because you're seeing it already, like, if you go on um, Google and you look at, like, planes are asking for it. But my question is, like, what if I say I have gotten the vaccine and I lost my card? Like, what if I accidentally they told me not to uh, laminate it because I might need a booster. So, like, it was in my wallet and I washed my clothes and it deteriorated. And then when I'm trying to find it, I did it, you know, I got it at one of those big vaccination centers. So, like, where's my paperwork? I don't know. Like, did they lose it? Like, that's crazy. Like, I'm not going to take it again. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, interesting going with the new CDC guidelines saying uh, vaccinated people don't have to wear masks anymore except for in uh, densely packed indoor settings. But you saw all the reactions to that on Twitter and just the amount of people, blue check mark or no, that were saying, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to take my mask off. I'm going to keep it on because I don't want to be mistaken for a Republican. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, well. If you feel that strongly about the situation, at least we can still identify who you are with your mask on. <laughs> Go for it. Wear, wear it all day and night. <laughs> That's just those, like we said earlier, those loud people that are online and that, that, that are virtue signaling because they have maybe a large following or they have certain people that they want to impress or look like a certain way. And those people aren't what real life, um, real life people are just kind of, going to feel more empowered. The more people they see without masks, you're going to see other people going to go, all right, I'm going to lose this too. I've, I haven't been wanting to wear it. And especially if they're already vaccinated, they're going to, they're not going to wear it. And I'm telling you, I see by June, by mid June, it's going to be, you're going to see, depending on the area, some areas are going to still be a little bit heavy mask, but for the most part, it's going to be like 
far and few between when you see someone with a mask. But when you see someone with a mask, it's probably going to be someone so extreme. Like, they got, like, a fucking suit on and shit. Like, it was going to be hilarious. Like, that's a good part. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Should be entertaining. Yeah, some of the, yeah, got some, there has been entertaining parts of this whole uh, uh, pandemic, pandemic, whatever we want to call it. Like, uh, because people have done some outrageous shit, man. Like, some of those, like that video you sent me, man, I, I watch it every now and then because it just cracks me up where I'm like, dang, people really did that. And they're still doing it. Um, even with the gas thing, you know, like, I, I know someone got mad because they said, like, oh, the picture you posted was um, from Mexico. And I was like, well, I didn't, like, say it was from anywhere. I just thought, like, because I saw it happening, and I just said, I was just making a joke about it. But it was happening. People were filling up buckets and filling up bags and filling up all kinds of shit. And I think some guy in Miami, like, uh, his car got caught on fire. I think he had some gas in the back. And I don't know if he lit a cigarette or something or it just blew up. His whole It was like a Hummer, and it engulfed in flames. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a Darwin Award moment if you're smoking a cigarette and you have, you know, light containers <laughs> not containers even bags of gasoline in your back in the back of your vehicle uh you're asking for trouble there <laughs> yeah like that just makes me think like <laughs> yeah he had to be fucked up man i would hope i think so I florida man I strikes again yeah like I, I always when i see those situations i always hope like well i hope they were just fucked up like because if they were just not smart enough not to do that that sucks <laughs> yeah it really does Feel kind of bad that's a way worse scenario like someone that was just drunk or super high or fucked up on something they could come back where you're like all right man i get it you were out of your mind but if you're like no nah, man i was 100 percent good i'll be like oh man we're, we got a problem man you should probably not be driving i can't quite remember how that one goes <laughs> i i gotta admit i'm a little high that that was the very interesting story this week. Um, I didn't see even a rise in gas prices in my area, but it, it just goes to show like how how many times the Biden administration just just shot itself in the foot over uh, the past four months. You know, they shut down the Keystone Pipeline, and then this hack comes in, and it's like, oh wait, all of a sudden we're uh, having lines for gas like the '70s in the Carter administration when. Only a year before we were in energy independent. <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought it was interesting too because for me, I saw the increase before the pipeline. Like out here, it was getting high. I'm like, dang, it's getting pretty high. Like we, the summer like, rush or whatever. Yeah. But I was already thinking because he shut down that other pipeline, you know? Uh, I, I think that was a factor in a big way. I saw prices in Southern California and like the city area, like LA, and those prices were wild. They were out of control. Yeah, and they just see like the West Virginia. I think they had some crazy prices of like people are seeing pictures of like nine bucks and like a gallon, but but that's what the market's supposed to do. the The market is supposed to adjust and make it higher so like the supply the, for the demand goes down, so that way they don't take away from the supply. And that's what sucks too is we wouldn't be in a shortage if people don't panic buy. And people panic buy if you would have just get the regular gas. Like, we would be okay. We would have made it through that little window. Cause you, but since people get into a panic, the same thing we saw last year with COVID. And it's this hysteria problem we have in our country that we get into these, like, fits of rage or, or mass hysteria where we think, like, we're on fire and we need to get everything and, like, it's the end of the world. And I think that's been since the Cold War. Like, you know, they've been training us to think like that since the Cold War. So it's kind of understandable why people have those thoughts. And then people from other countries that come here, they have... You know, 
a lot of shit to fear, <laughs> like what you know, running from where either genocide or just murderous people. So I think that's why that it's easier to rile us up into these like mass hysteria episodes where everybody's just panic buying or doing whatever the government says because they think it's the right thing to do. I guess. I guess it, it's uh, crazy. I think um, with the media and the governments around the world, like you said, since the Cold War, even pushing such a fear-driven narrative has probably going to come back to bite them in the in the ass or maybe it's directly what they want is just chaos out of that fear it, it seems like it it seems uh, that way uh with the the mass printing and money that's been going on environment or like a climate uh to society right now which is very on edge you know i think we're uh right there on the the cusp of a bubble bursting economically speaking yeah, I really feel that that is where we're at. And I felt like we were getting close to it for a long time. And as soon as I saw COVID, that's one of the things that a lot of people were talking about that kind of just got washed away with all the other things that fell out, but was that this bubble was about to burst no matter what. And I think that that is what they're bracing for. And I think they're shifting things around and trying to figure out what, how they're going to replace it because I don't think they're trying to save anything. I think they just want to replace it and they want to figure out how can they centralize it? How can they control it? How is it and their power and you're going to see like in the next few years uh, a currency uh one of these um digital currencies become the fed coin or whatever whatever they call it and then all other currencies are going to be considered like fraudulent like you know what i mean it's going to be considered probably like the same as um uh what's it called printing money man i can't think of no words today <laughs> to call what inflation not inflation when you um what's it called when like i make like if i was to make fake money you know um, like duplicates of like a five dollar bill, like man, I can't. Oh, forgeries. Forgery, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna call that to all the bitcoins, Dogecoins, whatever. You know, it's gonna be a criminal activity, but they're gonna create a more criminal element to it. So there's gonna be people that are always gonna provide what the market wants. It's just whether it's legal or not, someone's gonna provide that because the market demands it. If the market demands something, someone's gonna sell it. Most definitely. That's human nature. And I think there definitely will be a move towards a federalized uh, cryptocurrency. And it will be tied to social credit scoring and probably vaccination passports if they manage to get that through. I think that the vaccine pass is probably the first step and the of the overall plan for this. But it looks like there's enough resistance at the moment. We just need to hold the line and uh, keep spreading the good word and trying to convert more people to the cause of common sense and liberty, really. Um, we can't let the government just keep taking and taking more power and leverage against individuals and society as a whole. And like I've been saying lately, I've been trying to plug this more and more that, uh, you know, go check out people like Ron Paul, the Liberty Report and like Tom Woods, uh, Dave Smith, the comedian Dave Smith. He has a great podcast too. He's a, a libertarian. Like he's a good person. These people are, um, about liberty and freedom when take the labels away libertarianism you know what i mean just look at them they're they fight for freedom and liberty and individualism and the reach of uh, and they're against the corporate estate you know what i mean they believe that the people are the true power and the people are the ones in charge and that we need to get back that mind frame because i think that they're using like you said the vaccine passport is going to be utilized because since there's now 
uh, uh, opposed side and a side for it, that they're able to cause this conflict so that they could push it through. And then that's how you, we get the 2020 ID or the digital IDs. And that will be the next step because now people are going to be like, you see the FBI, they were like, oh, we're going to prosecute anybody with prison time if they uh, are making fake COVID passes. Yeah, I saw that. So I think that's going to get the push to where it needs to be a validated digital passport. I think that's that's why that push. So people like me can't be like, man, I just lost it. You know what I mean? I think that's what they're trying to aim for. I'm sure they've already thought of that. I just tell people, don't don't make a fake vaccine passport. Go talk to like your friends. I work at like CVS and Walgreens and see if any fall off a truck. You know what I mean? You never know. Like maybe they're behind the dumpster or like you found one. Like like I found it. Like you know what I mean? Like get the official. Um, <laughs> probably probably still questionable. But yeah, I mean, there's all these other methods. There's plenty of sources online. But, um, but I'm for sure. For me, I, I, I'm not even gonna play the game. Like if there's gonna be people that and small businesses or corporate businesses that you know say you have to have a vax pass to go through, I'm gonna take my money elsewhere. But there's but, plenty of. I'm talking about like yeah. the people that are going to have to use it for like work and stuff, man. Like that's, Oh a, yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's a tough situation. I mean, if your, you know, livelihood is on the line, uh, that gets a lot more people's attention and compliance at well, the end of the day. What I'm going to do me, is I, I would say probably find some other employment probably. Yeah. Well, what I'm going to do is it hasn't happened at my place yet, but I'm just going to try my method of uh, doing the little liability contract and see what happens. See, you float it out there. I mean, and if it works, I'll let people know it works. And, and then maybe they could pass it around. I'll just have a little uh, little template of like, you know, any adverse reactions to either of the shots that you accept all responsibilities. And I was and I'm going to tell them, like, I'll take a physical before I take the shot. And then, you know what I mean? So that way you could see all my vitals and everything. Everything's all charted and documented. And then if something happens, then you will accept the liability, right? And I, I'll see where they go. I don't know. I'm sure they will have to talk to their lawyers. I'm sure they're not going to be like, yeah, let me just sign that. I feel that they're probably going to be like, you know what, whatever. Just do what you got to do. Cause yeah. Because I'm, I'm asking. Definitely get them. it in writing, though. Um, yeah. Because if you don't, uh, and they ask you to get a vaccine to uh, work at that, you know, uh, that job, they're not going to have the liability unless you get it in writing and in a contract that is, you know, actually lawful or, you know, legitimate under the law. Uh, uh, and if they tell me otherwise, I'm just going to leave. I'll be like, all right, man. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it is all, it is. it's the only way you have to draw your line in the sand somewhere, really. Cause I'm at a, I live in a, a at will, uh, at work state and they could fire me for any reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so if I go against it, they could just go, well, you were late or, you know what I mean? Right. They're always gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically an unofficial social credit score in itself. Uh, the way they're trying to push it through businesses rather than a, a government scheme. But just things to be aware of and what's coming our way. I mean, I hate to make doomer predictions, but it's kind of plain as day with the, uh, you know, the, the fear rhetoric. And then you have people who are saying like, you know, they're demanding for it. They're asking for it. Those voices get a lot of attention, but just have to speak up for yourself. Really. 
Yeah, and 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 I don't mean it in a doomer scenario. Like in me, I'm just saying like uh, like that's my thing is that we need to do like what you're doing. Like we need to be more self sufficient. So my plan is hopefully I'm building this other podcast called Over the Influence, and I'm hoping that's my exit strategy. So like hopefully it comes to like maybe I'll be beneficial and. If it does come to that, maybe I'll already have my other plan backed up and I'll be set to go. So either way, like, I'm like, do what you got to do, because I'm just telling people like you're like we try to say sometimes just be aware. I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm just saying be aware and try to figure out ways that you can fight back and be prepared for at first because they may have to fire us. But maybe down the pipeline, maybe we have a lawsuit up uh, on our hands. You know what I mean? We don't know yet. Like we need to do more digging and figuring out what our rights really are in these scenarios, because this is unheard of times i just bring up the nuremberg code i feel like the nuremberg code tells us right there that they can't mandate anything that i have to take it with my will so if you're making a corporation make me take it it's the same thing most definitely so i i think that we need to start i'm going to try to put some videos out there too and more on the nuremberg code i don't think uh i don't know how many people know about it you know the about what happened after the Nuremberg trials of like, you know, when they tried all the Nazis that were experimenting on people like, and these weren't just like some experiments to make just super soldiers. They were doing all kinds of experiments on different drugs so they could find out like cures. And, Cause they were like, well, we have uh, specimens that we could do whatever we want to. Like, it doesn't matter what happens to them. They're just going to die anyway. So they tried all kinds of stuff. And for us to look a blind eye when we had operation paperclip, and we took a lot of those fucking doctors. We need to be very aware of the Nuremberg Code and how there's violations happening right now. And I'm sure we'll get flagged for saying that right now because they're talking about that's not not violating the Nuremberg Code. And I'm like, how when it says you can't mandate anything? <laughs> I saw that. That's funny. No, man, I agree with you. Um, it is comparable because there are no long-term studies of the possible ramifications of these mRNA experimental vaccines. So um, what exactly are they putting in your body? They probably wouldn't even be able to tell you. Um, and they, they, they need your consent. And that's why there's such a propaganda push and uh, manipulation, like coercive push uh, through employment, uh, through corporations, whether it's, they're going to do it on airlines or going to concerts and stuff. I mean, I've even seen it with they're announcing with sports venues, like for the MLB, they're going to have vaccinated and non-vaccinated sections. So, I mean, and we'll see how long gotta, that lasts though, because like right now they're just, yeah, exactly. they're riding the wave. You know what I mean? That's like how everything is trends, like in the world news, uh, popularity, everything's trends. So right now the trends, like, they're thinking it's going to go to the way of their split vaccine and non-vaccine. I think people are going to get over it. And now I think they're starting to because now everybody's shifting more towards the Palestine situation. And it's hard to keep your eye on everything that's going on. And the masses are usually shifted to different stories. So I think that they're going to quietly uh, cover this up because of what happened with Fauci. I mean, I could be wrong. I think they'll try to ramp it back up. Maybe in the fall, uh, they'll try to ramp it back up and talk about variants and, and, and scare people like that. But I think for summer, they're going to be quite uh, lay off of it. And I think they want people to forget for a few months about this whole gain of function talk and what other possibilities could have arose from that. And they're going to let things just figure themselves out. And hopefully the market is able to push people to have to do what they want them to do. Now, that's going to be seen what the people to uh, really decide like i know what i decided and i it seems like there's a lot of people that agree with what we think but it's hard to see we'll see who's forced to comply but 
I think it's good times, man. It's great times to be alive because it really shows you that there is a reason to live. Uh, there is a reason to fight for freedom. There is a reason to fight for humanity. Things can't always be perfect, but this is our opportunities to unite people. And everybody's helping out, like people passing information to people, people uh, telling people about the vaccine or masking that they didn't know. The Giving people uh, ways to fight back or giving people uh, hope, giving people opportunities to meet with like-minded people, either online or in person. So these movements are building, and I think all these movements at some point will merge, and we will see a, 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 an Occupy 2.0. And I think once it does merge into that Occupy 2.0, I think it's going to be better because we already are have a lot of leaders a lot of these people like that are my age or a little bit older than me even like in their mid 40s and stuff that are very polished to have been in the truther community or in the alter uh, the alternative media community that will be able to rally this occupy 2.0 which is going to come i know it's going to come because you can see especially with the financial collapse on we're on the verge of that and hyperinflation which a lot of people don't like to talk about and the fed likes uh uh wave it off of it. it's something that's improbable like impossible to them because they'll just be like oh we'll print more money but obviously we all know that trickles down to us we see more everything is already more expensive wood is more expensive um gas tell me about it but hey i mean i'll, I'll work with it yeah, you'll figure out a way, but that's not how it's supposed to be and it's supposed to fix itself but if they continue to just make money uh, out of thin air we're going to be in these problems and more people uh, should make more digital currencies i've seen a lot of like artists too making like their own digital currencies i kind of like that too i think that makes it even more interesting make the game harder you know what i mean let's make it harder for them the the more shit we create uh it makes them harder to shut us down because that's the point is that they want to uh end the pulse of the people they want us to be completely compliant to understand that they know what's best for us and they don't and we've proven that time and time again and not just us but many other people in, in, in what we do let's just keep pushing it man i think that i'm i'm in good spirits man i think summer's gonna be great man i think that's gonna be some fucked up stories like always and we're because they're gonna push those ones forward but i think when you really dig you're gonna see a lot of people fighting back which we've already seen the beginning of and when they start trying to make people mandate these vaccines with work and stuff because it hasn't gone there yet i think that's another thing that's gonna escalate along with the children and it's it's nice it's a beautiful time to be alive because i think we actually are going to finally uh be able to resolve some of these issues by uniting with each other i uh i have that same feeling too my friend um it looks like the future is bright it's there for the the taking as long as we actually stand up, make our voices heard and, you know, get out there and seize the moment. Uh, fortune favors the bold. And if we sit back and live a sedentary and comfortable life, uh, you know, the tyrants are going to take advantage of that and move into that power vacuum and try and dominate our lives. Yeah. Take that moment to rest. Take that moment to recalibrate and uh recharge but never stop always question always push forward even if it seems like impossible even if your family doesn't listen to you find different like ways you don't have to convince them but as long as you're making your voice heard and that you will not let them silence you they can't you know and that's going to inspire somebody else it may not you may not see it but someone else is probably watching and the, and most likely it's a kid because kids are looking up to us uh all the people all the adults in their lives and they want to see what you're going to do and I think this is the time we really like 
it's nice to see a lot of people taking stands, I think. I think it's a, a good part of this country. Uh, you got to make a stand. It's going to be a little bit sloppy for here and there, I think. But we'll get to the home stretch eventually, I believe, because we'll see that once we're united that we will set it back and forward because the people, there's more of us than there is them. That's always the thing that we got to remember. Absolutely. Don't want to go back to 2018, 2019 when people are just using their Instagram to post their, their dinner. Um, rather go back to people discussing real issues at, or where we're at right now, not go back, but uh, where people are actually, you know, discussing real issues and, uh, you know, trying to create a better future for everyone. Yeah, we got to have dialogue so that we're able to communicate with each other and understand why people are upset. Because if you understand why someone's upset and mad, maybe we cannot do that anymore. Or maybe we could adjust our life to where it's not even, maybe it's not even inconvenient. Maybe it's like, oh, that's it? Like, you know what I mean? It may be so simple, the solutions, but when you don't ask, you don't know. Exactly. Especially when you unfollow people that you may know personally and see one post from them that they that you might disagree with. Like for me, I, I can't do it because I want to, you know, I have a little bit of memories with them. Uh, and if they have their opinions, that's their opinions. I'm not going to hold it against them unless it's something super abhorrent. But um, yeah, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinions, free will. I mean, that's what it is to be a human being. Oh, yeah. And, and and it's nice to see. That's why I think these are beautiful times is because uh, we're not lost in our lives. We're actually looking like how important uh, the basics are, the freedom and the liberty, that, that how important they are in today's society, that those are things that we take for granted sometimes. And that doesn't mean that there isn't things to change and it's perfect before. It just means that we were comfortable enough to not care about any of the other things and not, i'm guilty of that too like or not always comfortable sometimes it's like you're just tired of arguing or tired of like uh trying to show people but i think that we've got rekindled spirits and people are kind of finding the drive they need to hit home that we have an opportunity now to really educate people on freedom and liberty and that's what we can do we can direct people to different locations like i say i james corbett's a great person to listen to i would listen to james corbett the propaganda report i listen to them they they have great info and i'll try to drop more people that i listen to like so maybe you someone that's listening to this would want to listen to that i would suggest to I, I try to post their stuff um because i think it's important the work that they do like to question people and follow the evidence and follow the money and it tells us 9 times out of 10 what really happened and not let and hold these people accountable because politicians are people too so we can hold them accountable for the wrong things they do they're not like some gods they're not above us they're not rulers they're people just like us that are in similar situations like us that just have more influence and that they have the ear and they're compromised a lot of the times Certainly so. It's uh, all on us, really. The future is in our hands, but uh, it's a good time to be alive. You know, it's the beginning of something beautiful. I think uh, the Great Awakening is here. Yeah. So I think that's all I got. I was going to say before we get out of here. So what? Uh, let's not make a prediction. But since we, since so much has been happening in these weeks that we, uh, uh, you know, between the Sundays. Oh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> do you see anything week? happening oh, this man. week? Do you have anything on your radar that you're looking at that you might uh, that? My, that hops out at you that might be interesting this week? Well, um, probably it's just going to be continuing escalations in Gaza and the Palestine-Israel conflict as a whole. Um, wouldn't be surprised if some more international bodies get involved on either side, uh, whether it's the United States well, or... India already uh, did. 
India has now uh, at the UN speaking before we got on here, they were talking about that they're backing uh, Palestine or kind of condemning Israel, which is interesting huh. because they're an ally of the United States. Yeah, and also typically they've kind of been pro-Israel because their their immediate rival Pakistan is uh, very much pro. You're gonna have to check me on that. Like I'm not 100. Um, I mean, interesting. I didn't fact, know that. Fact check uh, me. I though. think we'll probably see more of that. Fact check me though, because I don't I don't know for I might have got it wrong. So <laughs> I, I will. I haven't seen anything on it, but I'm sure you're. I'm sure there's something to it. I think these audits, man. I'm gonna pay attention to these audits a little bit because um, I've uh, it's been interesting that, and I of course like the continued conflict in uh, Gaza and Israel. I also seen like you know a couple of little like organizations have joined them now, and it will be interesting to see who will join which fights. I think in the coming weeks we're gonna see people start aligning. Um, putting a line in the sand and are you with Israel or are you with Palestine where which we always do that and I think that's what they're going to put us in that box in that situation and I think that all these other news stories in my opinion are going to wipe out some of the COVID I think we're going to start seeing less and less COVID coverage and it will be a blazing summer we'll see a few things on the vaccine I'm sure there'll be some fights you know like some disagreements but I think by the time we're in July uh if enough people haven't got vaccinated, the, a lot of the whole vaccine passport is going to go down the drain because they're not going to be able to sustain a business where people can't go there. Yeah. I mean, what business is going to try and, you know, hurt their own livelihoods like that, uh, especially the small ones that have been through uh, the ringer this last year? Yeah, so, you know, in the UK, go drink up to save your pub, man. Do your part. It's it's the easy part you could do. Oh, not all at once, guys. You know, spread it out over some weekends. <laughs> I got to jump on. Now that Flo said this before we go to, I, I did miss that. He's right. Like, so you're going to handle World War Three, and it'll all be filled that fake. It, yes, because I do think that there's going to be some kind of like, because now that they're doing the Gaza, like, you know, Palestine and Israel conflict, there's um a lot. Of, now there's more UFO stuff to be leaked. And remember, in June, they're supposed to release all the documentations that they have. And it may be some kind of uh, Project Blue being coming up. I, I mean, we've been waiting for everybody has. Like, it, it seems like that trickery is up the sleeves. And who knows if the Project Blue being because of the some stuff that you read, like, you know, it's kind of like a, a one world uh, religion. And who knows if they don't project some kind of like image of like a god or, or uh, someone speaking and, and then telling, why are you fighting? I You guys need to believe this or whatever, you know, like, and kind of like that would really really fuck with people people are gonna be like man i don't know man that you how are you gonna tell somebody when someone no saw telling that? how how people would react to that really yeah so i think that that those things are i don't know if we're that close yet i, I think that we're still that's still down the Could line be. not next i don't think in the next week but <laughs> but but in the next year maybe maybe i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for everybody that's tuning in. This is Kill the Mockingbird Truth the Report. We're here every Sunday, usually 7.30 um, p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. Uh, around those times, we, we always do it Sunday, though. Uh, changes depending on our schedules. But, um, you know, you can check us out on Apple, Spotify. Subscribe, you know, uh, share it if you like what we say and, you know, try to get the message out. Also, you can check out my music on Apple Music, Spotify, anything Sean Chris, Christian Brothers. I got Shut Them Down on YouTube. And then, yeah, check our other podcasts out, Over the Influence, where we do what we want, whenever we want. So this is how we're going to get out of here. I got the homie, um, since I can't play other people's music, I'm going to play my homie, um, 
Harsh Ramirez off his album Bad Batch. It's called Chemicals featuring Gore-Tex. And you know what? How we do it. Fucking wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Yeah. I keep a squad on my car, sell bundles to bitches, out of treatment a few days. I'm lounging by the pool blades, my goon fed for two days. Prostitute disfigurement, jet lag, that rep the camp brigade. Not getting caught, nobody's in the trunk, making souffle. Make the coffee to go, I'm on the conduit. Embalming fluid with a wax, you a fucking faggot like Rod Stewart. I'm like Bobby Seal, raised on slaughter. Murder baskets, chilling out bodegas for grenade launches. Enough smoke to make you nauseous. My patients buy cloaks of bloody horses. You can't feed them to the vultures. Harsh with mirrors of war Elohim The Paisanos with the ice ponchos Cal York with cocaine flopo Exterminators on the road routes Bodegas to Chevron station Fools pumping gas Jacking for the stash Light them up like a hooker's rash Yo, my grill spits Slash films, opiates and wax, package deal. I call up my posse and plot out your slaughter. Hit up your spot with the raid father. Faggots be tripping, leave them tripping like the faucet. Make their bitches fresh, just the life socket. Prep them for the death and kill the joint like that. Formaldehyde that got your doobies wet. Cremate that wax, make them kin trim. I'm several strawberry off ten rails. I got your grave dirt under my fingernail. Gonna feed you the dough. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.